my wife and I are planning a road trip for the summer. Actually, two road trips. Uh, and the first one is, it's almost two months away. But I'm really getting excited. Okay, we bought a new cooler. Okay, we've had a couple of cheap coolers, but we bought this really good one. Uh, it's rated better than a lot of the Yetis for about a third of the price, which got me really excited. Uh, I've been to AAA, gotten all the maps and the tour books for the state. We're going to be going all together through 25 of the states this summer. And I'm going to go and visit our cousins in uh, Louisiana. And then we're going to visit friends in Maryland and Delaware. Then we're going to go up to New York, western New York, where we're originally from. Uh, we'll be there for our uh, youngest grandson's second birthday. And then we're going to bring our one grandson back with us. And then the, the second trip, it's going to take us through four states that I've never been to. Going to go visit some cousins that I have up in Montana. And we really enjoy seeing this great country that we're blessed to live in. Uh, and we're, we're going to stay away from any of the, the highways except to get around cities so we can be able to uh, really see how people live. Uh, we drove from Delaware to Colorado and back, um, I don't know, 10 years ago. And all we saw was road signs and made the trip as fast as we could both directions. But, you know, we just enjoy seeing the country. We enjoy uh, visiting people that we love. And so it's just going to be a, a great time. Looking forward to it. And we're just going to be kind of cruising and chilling all summer long. So just keep us in prayer as we get this planned. But let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks for this country that we do live in. Lord, uh, there is so much to see, so much to do. And Lord, uh, I give you thanks for uh, providing the, the financial need that we have uh, to be able to take this trip, these trips. And Lord, to be able to to see friends, to see relatives, some that uh, I may never see again. And so, Lord, we just praise you for that. And to be able to spend uh, Hudson's second birthday with him. And so, Father, we just give you thanks for the ways that you bless us. And, Lord, I just uh, am excited about looking at your word today and the message that you have for us. Because, Lord, sometimes we feel like we need more. But, Lord, if we have you, there's nothing more than we could ever need. So, Father, just open your word to us. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, John D. Rockefeller, an Ohio native, started Standard Oil. And Rockefeller was, at one point, the world's richest man and the first ever American billionaire. And considering he was a billionaire in the early 1900s, he's still considered as the richest person in modern history. Uh, when a reporter asked him, you know, how much money is enough? He responded, just a little bit more. So whether you're a billionaire or a millionaire or a thousandaire or a hundredaire, there just never seems to be enough. 
Uh, the same can be said for things other than money. Uh, if you're into um, collecting guns and wanting ammo, you know, you just need more than what you have. Uh, some people, they want to buy up land. You know, some of these ranches out here in the Midwest are um, thousands of acres. Uh, you know, my wife seems to have a lot of material. Uh, and, and when we go places, she buys more material. But she puts it to good use. Uh, I've seen some people that you go into their house and they have maybe salt and pepper shakers. And they have like hundreds of salt and pepper shakers. You know, things that you would never think of making into a salt and pepper shaker. Uh, some people collect clothes or shoes. Uh, there's some people that, you know, just have a lot of cats and they keep getting more cats. Uh, I have a friend that he's into watches uh, that he will see a watch that he likes and he buys and just about every time you see him, he has a different watch on. Uh, and socks, his wife said he's got a whole big drawer, not one of those little drawers at the top of your dresser, but a big drawer just full of socks. Uh, you know, why, why do we think that we need more of something that we already have some of? Why do we think that it's not enough? Well, for some people, it may be because they went without as a child or even as an adult. Uh, you know, there's, there was a house not too far from us when we were in Delaware that it was like three stories high and I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of square feet that it was because they just kept adding on to this house. And it seems like every time they added on, it was a different style of architecture. And they used a, a different um, material for the outside. You know, part was brick, part was stone, part was vinyl siding, you know, whatever, stucco. And, you know, they just didn't seem to have enough of guess. Well, I want to see what the scripture tells us about enough. And I want to start with a familiar passage. And this is in Mark 6. And this is where Jesus feeds the 5,000 plus. Now, Jesus had been teaching for a long time. And so I want to start in verse 35. And this is from the message. Uh, when his disciples thought that this had gone on long enough, the teaching, it was now quite late in the day, and they interrupted. We're a long way out in the country, and it's very late. Pronounce a benediction and send these folks off so they can get some supper. Jesus said, you do it. Fix supper for them. They replied, are you serious? You want us to go spend a fortune on food for their supper? But he was quite serious. How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. That didn't take long. Five, they said, plus two fish. And I can only imagine the disciples' frustration here. Well, Jesus, that takes care of two people. How about the other thousands of people that are here? And we know how the rest of the story goes, or maybe you don't. But Jesus had everyone sit down in groups of 50 or 100 
gave a blessing over the bread and the fish, and he gave it to the disciples, and everybody ate all that they wanted. And when they were done, the disciples went around and gathered up 12 baskets full of leftovers. There was 5,000 men, plus the women and children. And by today's standards, that means there was probably 12,000, 15,000. But the point here is Jesus asked the disciples. He didn't ask if they had enough. Obvious, the answer was, duh, hardly. You know, what are we going to do with this? He does the same with us. Maybe not bread and fish, but in everything else. Let's take a look or a listen. Matthew 17, the disciples had failed to drive out a demon in a boy. Jesus drives out the demon, and that's the end of the story. No. Matthew 17, beginning in verse 19. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. How many times have I heard Jesus tell me that? You don't have enough faith when it comes to money. You don't have enough faith when it comes to time. You don't have enough faith to know where your next meal is coming from. You don't have enough faith in your health. You don't have enough faith in patience. Oh, heard that one more than once. And I know I think I've shared before that, you know, I just didn't know what we were going to do when I retired because we had always lived in uh, homes that were provided by the churches or got a um, housing allowance. And I wasn't sure, but Jesus has more than met that need for us. So if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know where I'm going to go from here. Because we may ask, how much do I give to the Lord? Well, first thing you do is you tithe to the church. But that's just a starting point because there's many things within our churches that need money outside of our tithe. I mean, our tithe is to provide salaries for staff, to pay the gas bill and electric bill and whatever else to maintain the, the building. But there's needs outside of those things because if the church is moving forward and growing, you know, it's going to need more space. The youth programs, you know, the youth programs need money. Uh, you know, if you have a, a growing number of youth, you know, there's things that you need to be able to do with them and that takes money to do it. Uh, you need to be able to uh, put money into your music program. You know, we served in churches that, you know, their sheet music that they had for their choir was from back in the mid-50s. 
and they just kept kind of circulating through it. They would do 1954 and then they would do 1957 and then, and no. And there's countless things outside of the local church that we need to be able to support as well. And one that, that I look at is a, a number one thing is Christian radio stations. You know, a lot of people listen faithfully to Christian radio, <clears throat> but don't support them in any way. And it takes a lot of money to put that on the air. There's homeless programs, single parents, Meals on Wheels. You know, we need having, to have enough faith to support what the Lord is doing. Okay, the Lord starts these ministries, starts these programs, and, you know, we need to be able to support them. But before I move on from this passage, I want to switch over to Mark 9 and get his side of the story. Because before Jesus cast out the demon, there was an exchange between him and the boy's father. Uh, verses 21 to 24. Uh, this is a New Living Translation. It says, How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, Since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What Jesus is really asking is, why don't you have enough faith? The father had enough faith to bring the boy to be healed, but was lacking the faith to see that it could happen. Does that sound familiar? God, I need you to do this for me or for a family member or a loved one. But, you know, maybe just in case, you know, I should be doing this. When we go to God, it needs to be in total faith, faith that relies completely on God, faith that is enough. Speaking of faith, or lack thereof, look at Matthew 14, right after the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples were in a boat, and a storm came up, and Jesus goes walking out to the boat on the water. And the disciples were afraid, says that they thought he was a ghost. And then Peter, <laughs> good old Peter, verses 28 to 31, says, So then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. Now, Jesus had to be thinking, <laughs> this is going to be good. But Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, he shouted. The results Jesus probably expected. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Jesus is really saying, why didn't you have enough faith? 
you just witnessed feeding of thousands of people from a lunch. Did you think I couldn't keep you from drowning? Ah, oh, Peter. And the worst is yet to come. Peter lacked faith. He didn't have enough to keep him above the water. He had enough at first to get out of the boat and to start that journey. But then his faith got too shaken. You know, I've reached out to Jesus only to find out that I didn't have enough faith. And then I didn't drown in the water, but I fell on my face because I lacked the faith that I needed because I took my eyes off of Jesus, just like Peter. Verse 31 said, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He didn't let Peter flounder around in the water. He didn't let him go down under a time or two. Jesus knew Peter needed his help. And he knew that this would help to strengthen his faith. Let's look at Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, chapter 2, in the NIV, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Not by works. That's a good thing, isn't it? Why is that? Well, what kind of works and how much or how many and when would you have done enough? Let's kind of put together a scenario here. And we got two young men, Freddie and Tommy, we'll call them. And both are trying to work their way to heaven. Freddie's worked quite a bit and he's helped people and he's gone to church and he reads his Bible and he volunteers at a homeless shelter sometimes and well Freddie he's decided that he's done enough. Well Tommy he's working constantly. He doesn't give a 10% tithe to church. He gives 20 and more to other things. He works with the junior high boys. He drives the church bus. He cleans the church, he mows the lawn, all for no money. He goes on short-term mission trips to the inner city. And he goes to Haiti to work in a mission trip instead of taking a vacation. But Tommy thinks there's no way that I have done enough to get to heaven. How would you know when enough is enough? you never would know. God has made it so you only have to do one thing, have a relationship with his son. Grace tops enough every time. That was God's plan, and he's going to stick with it because he knows that we cannot ever do enough. That's why Jesus came. Let's take a look at another of Paul's letters. This is 2 Corinthians, verses 6 through 10, and this is a New Living Translation. Paul says, If I wanted to boast, 
I'd be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For I am weak when I am strong. All that to give you what verse 9 gave us when God said, My grace is enough. The King James says, My grace is sufficient. The Greek there is archaeo, which means to be content, to be sufficient, to be enough. In other words, when we have God's grace, that's all we need. It is enough. Yes, God's grace is certainly enough. I want to look at another you or I may or may not have. Uh, no, wait, I know I don't have enough of. And that is in the book of James, when he's writing to the 12 tribes, the Jewish believers scattered abroad, it says. It's believed that James is Jesus' brother. And in verse 5, this is what he has to say to those he's writing to. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Who listening to this feels that they have enough wisdom? Raise your hand. Okay, that's what I thought. Nobody. Okay, there should be a long, long line at the place where wisdom is being handed out. Okay, I don't want any get into the whole wisdom thing, or we could take a long look at the book of Proverbs because we're given many verses about wisdom. But the one thing I do know is that we don't have enough. Okay, no matter what you have studied, where you have studied, who you have studied under, it doesn't make any difference. You don't have enough wisdom. James goes on in verse 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith in God, you, excuse me, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea is blown and tossed about by the wind. So when you realize that you don't have enough wisdom, go to God, but only after you've gotten your life right with him. In looking for a song to share with you, yeah, I thought there would be, a, you know, a good old Southern gospel song, that there'd be, you know, a few hymns or two that I could choose from, you know, but there wasn't 
a whole lot out there. There was one by Lecrae. Eh, I wasn't sure I wanted to go that direction. Not that I have anything against him. He's a good man. Loves the Lord. So let's try this one. It's a song by Hillsong Music. It says, Christ is my reward and all of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back, I've been set free. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. Christ, my all in all, the joy of my salvation. And this hope will never fail. Heaven is our home. Through every storm, my song, my soul will sing. Jesus is here. To God be the glory. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks that you have sent your Son to be the enough that we need in our lives. That there's nothing that we need to add to the salvation message. And Lord, if we have made Christ our Savior, we know that. You know, we have believed that. And we've settled that in our hearts. So Lord, just help us to build on that. To to get the wisdom that we need to strengthen our faith in every way that we can. And Lord, to, to be a light to other people that, that need to know Jesus Christ. And so if you're one of those people that hasn't made that decision yet, you don't have that relationship, let today be the day that you need to know that Jesus is the only way. He's not one of many ways. He's not one of even two ways. He is the only way. And he told us that in John 14. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And those are true words that we need to believe. So if you haven't made that choice, you haven't made that decision for Jesus yet, this is what you have to do. Pray kind of like this. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the Savior for me. Help me to live my life for you. I give you thanks that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose from the dead. That he did enough for me. And I just need to be able to accept that and to believe it in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.